We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 223 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Hmm, January 6th, that date sounds familiar. I can't put my finger on it, though. I feel like we've heard about that date over and over and over and over and over. And over again. Maybe it'll come to me. Anyway, hello and welcome to a loaded show when it comes to Washington football team content. If you are a Washington football team fan, and I know that so many of you are, uh, you have come to the right place. We had breaking news on Wednesday night. Washington is signing Charles Leno Jr. to a contract extension. You see, this is why I don't put out episodes of this podcast until very early each weekday morning. Because you never know what's going to happen during the night. The nighttime is the right time, my friends. Uh, My analysis of Washington extending Charles Leno Jr. is coming up next segment. Spoiler alert, I like this. I like this a lot. Uh, Washington signed Leno as an unrestricted free agent this past May. You know, it's interesting that this Leno news happened on Wednesday night because a major topic during the day on Wednesday was the fail that has been Washington's top three free agent signings From the 2021 offseason, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, and William Jackson III, who on Wednesday was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Ron Rivera, during his post-practice Zoom press conference on Wednesday afternoon, was asked a lot about these top three free agent signings going wrong this season. I want to get into that. Uh, Ron, on Wednesday, also talked quarterback, talked about the search for a franchise quarterback. So you know that I'll be discussing that. Uh, Washington's current starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke, spoke on Wednesday afternoon via post-practice Zoom press conference. I want to hit on some things that Tay-Tay had to say. And Ron on Wednesday addressed the approach for this Sunday season finale at the New York Giants. To win or not to win? That is the question. Uh, To me, the answer is easy, not to win. But for Ron, things are a little more complicated than that. No way could he ever say that Washington is better off losing this game, even though that is the case. Uh, Ron also was asked about the recent apparent shot 
that Giants head coach Joe Judge took at the Washington football team. So we'll do that as well. These are the final days of the Washington football team's 2021 season. Savor them, cherish them, and then burn them to the ground because the offseason is going to be crazy. We're going to have a lot going on with the Washington football team, which will no longer be the Washington football team in the coming months. Also on the show, the Wizards. The damn Washington Wizards. Yeah, you know, I don't play that bite as often as I used to because the Wizards have been better this season, but the Wizards on Wednesday night suffered a classic, so Wizards kind of loss. A 114-111 home loss to the lowly Houston Rockets, who have the worst record in the Western Conference this season. Enough said. Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback, and I mean lots of feedback, on the Washington football team's name saga. Tweet from Don Sullivan, don't give a damn about the name, would like for it to be resolved so I don't have to hear about it anymore. What I care about most is who is our quarterback, which I believe is the key to winning long term. The name is not going to stop me from following the team I have followed since Vince Lombardi died. A quarterback is what my major concern is and what the real fans of this team should be concerned about. Uh, Here, here, Don, I'm with you. Uh, Like I tweeted on Tuesday and said on Wednesday's show, episode 222, there is no perfect new name for the Washington football team. Every new name option is flawed in some way. There's no magic bullet for Washington other than one thing, and we all know what that one thing is. That one thing is winning games, and nothing will lead to the consistent winning of games more than Washington having a true franchise quarterback. Now, Washington does have other needs. You know, there are other things that Washington needs to address, but nothing matters more than quarterback. By the way, how about the coincidence, the sheer coincidence, that Wednesday's show, which focused heavily on the Washington football team on Tuesday, having announced that the team will announce the new name on February 2nd, on as the team is presenting the date 2.2.22, And Wednesday's show was episode 222. What were the odds of that playing out as that ended up playing out? You see, Howard Gutman, that's why I proclaim the episode number at the beginning of each episode of the podcast. You never know when you will have perfect symmetry like that. Episode 222 being so much about 2.2.22. Anyway. Uh, Email from Michael King regarding my concern about the name Commanders, which I do think will be the new name. Uh, Commanders does not have an obvious one-syllable nickname. I do think that that matters, like the way that we could shorten Redskins to Skins. How do you shorten Commanders in a realistic, presentable way? Uh, Writes Michael, the team could shorten Commanders to Commodes. Most of the letters are the same, and the two-syllable word commodes is easier to say than commanders. It seems very appropriate given the state of Snyder Incorporated and pays homage to the Sean Taylor Porta Potty photo shoot. Nicely done, Michael. Email from Jeff. Subject, new name, Whistle Pigs. Writes Jeff, I think the big reveal date is the final clue. As natives of Pennsylvania like me can tell you, Punxsutawney Phil is also called a whistle pig. 
Why else would the team subject itself to the silliness of announcing the name on Groundhog Day? Thanks for the podcast. I'm still one of your 5 a.m. Warriors. There you go, Jeff. An early morning warrior. A salute to you. Uh, Whistle pigs would be worse than hogs or red hogs. For the record, I'm not in love with hogs or red hogs. The hogs are the past. All right. I loved the hogs like everyone else loved the hogs. But to me, it's like you got to stop trying to live off the past. Stop trying to live off the glory days. Create new glory days. Remember the past, honor the past, but don't live off the past. Email from an anonymous emailer describing him or herself as a nonpartisan political correspondent. Uh, This email is about the Washington football team's name saga, writes this person after first complimenting me on some things. So thank you very much for that. Uh, In light of the team announcing the new name next month, I thought that it would be worth considering whether a giant opportunity isn't being missed to really rebrand the team in a way that better fits the team's city and the team's owner. Sure, legends have been made in Washington, Lincoln, Trustbuster Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, JFK, but isn't the city also known for unsavory figures? Powerful members of Congress arrested with strippers by the reflecting pool, Watergate, Jimmy Carter, and the Bank of Crooks and Criminals International Scandal, Iran-Contra, Monica, weapons of mass destruction, billion-dollar bank bailouts, the debacle of healthcare.gov. I could go on and on, but face it, it's not like half the country starts hating New York, LA, Miami, or even Cleveland, depending on who won the last election. Washington is unique, and if its football team wants a name that reflects the city, the team's owner, and the values of all of those luxury suite customers who no longer bother with the team, why not use the rebranding to embrace the city's darker side? Here are a few suggestions. Washington scandals. It's kind of badass like the Raiders. I envision helmets featuring a Richard Nixon with an eye patch and chewing on 18 minutes of reel-to-reel tape. He did suggest plays to George Allen back in the day. You might object that there isn't a simple one-syllable nickname to use. Might I suggest the Dolls as an inelegant possibility, but particularly apt for those go-nowhere-near-500, miss the playoffs by one game, or go out in the first round. Washington teams. If you don't like Washington scandals, how about Washington conspirators, Washington gridlock, Washington bums? Probably too much to hope for. Uh, Yes, anonymous, nonpartisan political correspondent. That probably is too much to hope for. But thank you for the email. Well done. Well, Washington scandals would be appropriate because no team in the NFL, heck, no team in major professional sports has done scandals quite like the Washington football team has over the last few years. I can only imagine what Dan Snyder's legal bills look like. Have you ever thought about that? How much money has Dan spent on legal bills over the last few years? Well, that's a Danny problem, uh, and he's just fine financially. But if you are in need of legal help because you have been wronged, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace handles complex personal injury, medical negligence, and wrongful death cases. Paulson and Nace fights for the rights and futures of victims and their families throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. You have questions, you're not sure about your situation, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. You can call 
Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Look, when you're injured because of someone else's negligence, you can feel anger, anxiety, frustration. Choosing the right law firm to help you can be overwhelming, right? Like, where do you start? How do you know whom to trust? How do you know that you'll be protected? Well, it's very simple. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace, 202-902-7611. Paulson and Nace has a skilled team of personal injury, birth injury, and medical malpractice trial attorneys that puts your best interests first. Chris Nace is a past president of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. Matt Nace is a member of the board of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. I know the Naces personally. These are good people who are great at what they do. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. If you feel as if you've been wronged or you think that you may have a case but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule your no-obligation appointment. Yet you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let their family take care of yours. All right, lots to get into with the Washington football team on this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, but we're going to begin with some breaking news from Wednesday night. We, on Wednesday night, had multiple reports that the Washington football team has agreed with left tackle Charles Leno Jr. on a contract extension. Uh, We had had multiple reports that the team and Leno were talking contract extension, and now a deal has been reached. Uh, This is a three-year contract extension worth $37.5 million. Leno had been set to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. I like this. I like this a lot. We'll see what the actual details of the contract end up being. But just going off what is initially being reported, three years, $37.5 million, this is by no means overwhelming money. And you're locking up a guy in Leno who has done a really good job this season, isn't old, is durable, and is known to be a good dude. So Washington this past May 15th officially announced the signing of Charles Leno Jr. as an unrestricted free agent. The contract was a one-year deal off him having been released by the Chicago Bears on May 3rd. So he was discarded by the Bears, picked up by Washington, and has done a really nice job for Washington. Second consecutive offseason in which Washington acquired a former Bears offensive tackle who ended up being good for Washington. It was in March 2020 that Washington signed offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas as an unrestricted free agent off his time with the Bears. So the Bears have become a nice feeder system for Washington. Thank you, Chicago. Uh, And Charles Leno Jr. has been a staple for Washington at left tackle this season. Charles Leno Jr. through week 17 of the 2021 regular season, what is just his age 30 season, has played on the most offensive snaps of any Washington player in the 2021 regular season. Charles Leno Jr. has played on 99.44% of Washington's offensive snaps this regular season. You know, in a season in which Washington has dealt with so much in terms of injuries along the offensive line, Charles Leno Jr. has been a rock on Washington's 
offensive line. And he has been good. Because it's one thing if you are healthy, but not good. No, Charles Leno Jr. has been healthy and has been good. Uh, Charles Leno Jr. through week 17 has an overall grade for pro football focus for the 2021 regular season of 79.9. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Charles Leno Jr. through week 17 has the number three pass blocking grade for pro football focus among qualified offensive tackles in the 2021 regular season. Charles Leno Jr.'s pass blocking grade for PFF for this regular season is a sparkling 86.5. Also, Charles Leno Jr. through week 17 has committed just two penalties in the 2021 regular season. Uh, Leno in the 33-22 loss to the New Orleans Saints at FedEx Field in week five committed a first quarter, first and 10, 10-yard holding penalty. And Leno in the 27-20 loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in week 14 committed a first quarter, third and five, five-yard false start penalty. That's it in terms of penalties for Charles Leno Jr. this season. And there's also this, Charles Leno Jr. is a great story. The Bears took Leno in the seventh round of the 2014 NFL Draft at a Boise State. Leno, over his final six seasons for the Bears, 2015 through 2020, played in all 96 of the Bears' regular season games. He, for the last 93 of those games, was the Bears' starting left tackle. Again, thank you, Chicago. So is Charles Leno Jr. an elite left tackle? No. But is he a solid, dependable, and durable left tackle? Yes. And as we have seen this season, you can never have too much offensive line depth. And like I said, the money isn't overwhelming. Remember, too, Washington has a lot of salary cap space for this coming offseason. So congrats to Charles Leno Jr. And good job, Washington, locking him up. All right, before we get to a few items regarding the 6-10 and 10 Washington football team's season finale this Sunday afternoon's game at the 4-12 New York Giants at 1, I want to address a bigger picture item from Wednesday. So Washington on Wednesday morning made multiple roster moves. Uh, Washington on Wednesday morning activated Antonio Gibson off the reserve COVID-19 list. He had been on that since last Friday, December 31st. Uh, Gibson did not play in Washington's last game, the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field last Sunday afternoon. Washington on Wednesday morning activated Eric Flowers off the reserve COVID-19 list. He had been on that since last Friday, December 31st. He did not play in the loss to the Eagles. And Washington on Wednesday morning placed William Jackson III on the reserve COVID-19 list, presumably ending his season. Now, we can't say that with complete certainty, but William Jackson III not playing this Sunday at the Giants would seem to be more likely than unlikely. And so I'd like to spend a few minutes with you on something of which Jackson is a part, and that something is Washington's 2021 free agent class. The top three signings in the Washington football team's 2021 free agent class, of course, were Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, and William Jackson III. And the sad truth is that all three ended up being disappointments, if not outright flops this season. Now, in the cases of Fitzpatrick and Samuel, them being flops has had to do with injury. In the case of Jackson, he, to me, was more of a disappointment than a flop. Uh, He did play well in the second half of the season, especially 
during Washington's four-game winning streak. But if you're bottom-lining things and you're asking, well, was William Jackson III in his first season with Washington more hit or miss? Uh, The answer is miss. Ryan Fitzpatrick, one year, $10 million contract. He was supposed to be Washington's starting quarterback this season, but he has been on the reserve injured list since September 14th due to the right hip subluxation that he suffered in a 2016 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers at FedEx Field in week one. Ryan Fitzpatrick this season played on 16 of Washington's offensive snaps. Yeah, 16. Curtis Samuel, three-year, $34.5 million contract with $21.5 million fully guaranteed. He was supposed to be Washington's number two receiver this season, but Curtis Samuel, due to the groin injury from hell and more recently a hamstring injury, has played in just five of Washington's 16 regular season games this season. Samuel did not play in weeks one through three and then did not play in weeks six through 11, a five-game stretch due to the nagging groin injury. And Samuel has been inactive for each of the last three games due to a hamstring injury. Curtis Samuel, over his five games this season, has six receptions for 27 yards on nine targets and four carries for 11 yards over a total of 84 offensive snaps. And then William Jackson the third, three-year, $40.5 million contract. He was supposed to be Washington's number one or number two corner, depending on how you viewed things between him and Kendall Fuller coming into this season. Jackson has played in 12 of Washington's 16 regular season games this season. He missed two games due to a knee injury. He was inactive for the last two games due to a calf injury. Jackson's overall grade for pro football focus this season is just 59.7. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Jackson's grade again, 59.7. For comparison's sake, Kendall Fuller's overall grade for PFF this season is 80.2. Now, in fairness to Washington, it did hit on some second and third tier free agents in the 2021 offseason. Charles Leno Jr., a hit. DeAndre Carter, a hit. Uh, You could argue that Adam Humphreys and Ricky Seals-Jones were at least modest hits. Uh, Eric Flowers was acquired via trade, but he was a hit. But Washington overall whiffed on its top three free agent acquisitions, even though, again, it's nobody's fault that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel dealt with injury. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice Zoom press conference. This was Ron on how much Washington has been hurt this season by not getting more out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, and William Jackson III. Well, I mean, it, it, it's unfortunately the nature of the game. And th- those are things that happen. And, and you can't always predict what's going to happen. You can't predict that one, two, or three of them are going to get hurt. Um, is it disappointing? Well, it's, 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 it's tough because, you know, the guys that, that have, uh, you know, that, that, that can help you a lot in terms of going forward. You know, I, I, I know what Curtis is in terms of a football player. I know what his abilities are. And it was unfortunate we never really got that on track. Um, I thought William did some really good things for us. I, I thought during that, that win streak, you know, the four in a row, he, he played very well. You could see that he was really coming along and, and fitting into what we were doing and understanding the concepts, which is big. Um, and then, you know, never really got a chance to see fits. I mean, you know, one quarter of football, then unfortunately he goes down. Um, but, you know, it did give us an opportunity to see Taylor. It gave us an opportunity to, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, just see where we are. 
um, in terms of our, 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 our football team as well. So it's, you know, we, we, the big thing we know is we got some work to do, you know, going forward. Um, I do look forward to obviously, you know, playing on Sunday and then, then getting ready for the, uh, the upcoming off season. Yeah. Uh, Ron can say that again, that he and the team have some work to do, but you really can't overstate how big of a deal it is that Washington got so little in the 2021 season from the team's top three free agent signings from the 2021 offseason. Something that really has hurt Washington for years is the team paying big money to guys who provided way too little, either due to injury or ineffectiveness or attitude or some combination of those things. And you can go back decades for this, you know, Alvin Harper, Stanley Richard, Dana Stubblefield, Albert Hainsworth, Donovan McNabb, Trent Williams, Jordan Reed, Alex Smith, Josh Norman, Landon Collins. Your big money players need to provide big time production. And too often, Washington's big money players have not provided big time production for whatever reasons. Of course, sometimes the problem is Washington signing a guy and then misusing the guy. Was that a problem this season with William Jackson III? He, with the Cincinnati Bengals, did his best in man coverage. He, with Washington this season, was asked to play a good bit of zone coverage, although it's not like he was terrible in zone coverage with the Bengals. But this was Ron Rivera on Wednesday on whether he, going into Washington's 2022 offseason, takes anything from William Jackson III's first season with Washington regarding the importance of fit for a free agent signing. Yeah, I think that's, you know, something that you, you most certainly always make sure you try to consider is fit. You know, the, the, the one thing that, you know, you started to see as, as far as William was concerned is as he started to get more and more comfortable, you know, playing what we do, you know, that, that really began to show. And then as we got into that, again, that talk about the, the four games in a row that we won, you really saw, you know, his production in terms of playmaking and being around the ball, uh, you know, spike up. Um, part of it too, is you saw the comfort that these guys have working together and the way they communicated. So there's a lot of positive that did come out of it eventually, but, you know, starting early on and, and trying to work through those things a little bit tougher than, than, than I think we probably all expected. All right. So an interesting admission from Ron Rivera at the end of that answer, quote, a little bit tougher than I think we probably all expected end quote. You know, few things as a fan are more frustrating than the square peg in the round hole. You know, your team gets a guy who was good one way, but your team uses that guy in another way, and the guy underperforms. Now, look, some of William Jackson the third underperforming this season has been on William Jackson the third. Uh, he did get beat in man coverage. He did commit a lot of pass interference penalties. He was at times guilty of really bad tackling. But Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have to do some serious self-reflecting regarding whether they used William Jackson III in the best possible way. It sounds like Ron may have already done some of that self-reflection. Here was Ron on Wednesday on whether Washington's fails with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, and William Jackson III affect how Ron views Washington's 2021 offseason. It does. I mean, you know, but again, you, you can never predict injuries. You know what I'm saying? You, you just can't, um, you know, and it's, it's, it, it's crazy because, you know, for, for all, all the way up and through, through, I think week 13, we were relatively healthy. 
Um, you know, we did lose JD McKiss. We did, we did lose Logan during those stretch that stretch. Um, and then it was somebody here and then somebody there. You know, we, we lose Chase really earlier in the year. We lose Wes Schweitzer. We, we, we lose Tyler Larson and we ain't, we're going to finish the season with our fourth, with our fourth, uh, center, you know, those things you just can't predict. But, um, like I said, one thing that I, I have, I have learned from, from this, you know, and, and I knew it, but to really be part of it and, and have to go through it, that, that's a big deal. I mean, to, to really get to where we were, but sit there and say, man, that offensive line, those guys were still competitive. You know, they still gave us a chance to win. That That's important. And so I think that really helped an awful lot as well, more so than, you know, losing guys, just watching the guys that were available to play and, and know that, you know, these are guys that we were training, we were working with, we were trying to get them ready to go. And they're, they're, they are ready to go. I mean, we learned something about the right side of our, 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 our offensive line in the, in the Dallas game, even though, you know, it was, it was a blowout, to be honest. Um, when you watch, you know, Keith Ismail, um, you know, Sadiq Charles, and um, Sam Cosme, and John Bates at one point worked together on that side, and we had a couple of good things happen. You sit there and go, man, that's that that that's pretty impressive to see young guys, you know, two 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 guys that are in their second year and two rookies, flat out straight up rookies, out there competing. You feel good about what you did, you know, trying to get those guys ready to go. All right. And all of that stuff is nice. And that was a nice job by Ron of turning the topic into something positive. You know, that was a nice spin job by Ron. But in looking at why Washington is 6-10 and and is missing the playoffs, maybe the biggest reason is that Washington's top three free agent acquisitions from last offseason failed for whatever reasons. Well, there are many reasons to work with ImageWorks. ImageWorks is a full-service boutique web design, branding, and marketing company, and ImageWorks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. ImageWorks is located in the DMV, but serves the entire country by utilizing a virtual approach with the latest video meeting software to engage, communicate, and share award-winning designs. So what's the offer? Well, ImageWorks doesn't want to sell you. ImageWorks wants to show you what it can do, and that starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. ImageWorks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via ImageWorks Customers Portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. ImageWorks clients range from startups to small and mid-sized businesses. ImageWorks specializes in technology and in business to consumer services such as home services and medical services. So here's what you do. Go to imageworkscreative.com and click on contact near the upper right corner. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com, imageworkscreative.com. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. Also, you can call or text the owner of ImageWorks, Scott, at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott's a big Washington football team fan, big Nationals fan as well, a regular listener of this podcast. And Scott loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing this since 1996. ImageWorks, creative minds focused on one goal, 
your business success. Well, the Washington football team's game at the New York Giants this Sunday afternoon at 1, of course, will be Washington's final game in the 2021 season. A 2021 season that marks a fourth consecutive season in which Washington has started at least three different quarterbacks. 2018, Washington started four quarterbacks in Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Johnson. 2019, Washington started three quarterbacks in Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Dwayne Haskins. 2020, Washington started four quarterbacks, if you count the postseason, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, and Taylor Heineke. And 2021, Washington, at least so far, has started three quarterbacks in Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Garrett Gilbert. Uh, You could say that there has been quarterback instability for Washington for years now. Uh, That would be an understatement. There also has mostly been mediocre to bad quarterback play for Washington for years now. And so all of that combined with Washington this season having a fifth consecutive losing season has everyone wanting and expecting Washington to go hard after a franchise quarterback this offseason. Barring something shocking, quarterback will be the number one football storyline for Washington in the 2022 offseason by miles. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice Zoom press conference. This was Ron on Wednesday on if he now feels even more urgency for Washington to figure out the quarterback position. Well, I think it's something we've been trying to figure out, um, to be honest with you. So, yeah, is there a sense of urgency? I think there always is, just because that's the most important position on your team. I mean, it, it it's the one position that everybody points to. It's the one position that um, really impacts uh, everybody, both sides of the ball, uh, special teams as well. So it, it is something that, uh, you know, we want to get right, something we've ever most certainly been looking into in terms of, you know, our guys have been got there scouring the, uh, the college football scene and have come up with some names that we'll be looking at. Uh, we know that uh, with free agency coming up, there'll be names that we'll be looking at, and uh, we'll go from there. Yes, you will. Uh, now, here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday on whether his evaluation of the quarterback position has changed in any way in recent years. I think the game change is, is most certainly something that you've got to pay attention to. Um, but, you know, it's funny, you kind of forget it as far as I'm concerned, because you know, for seven seasons in, in Carolina, you know, we had a healthy Cam Newton and, and, and he was a heck of a football player. Um, and then, you know, losing him, those two with the injuries and stuff, you, you kind of see just how important it is to, to, to have that guy and, and have good backups, which we've been fortunate to have. Um, but going into the last two years and just really watching the impact of, of quarterbacks, uh, the way, you know, the, the league is trying to protect the quarterbacks, um, how this league is is has kind of morphed into a little bit of a passing league, a little bit more so than than it used to be. I mean, all those things have really kind of pointed to one thing, and that is, you know, you've got to have a guys that can pull the trigger and make good decisions, manage the game, and then have the ability to make plays when when you need them to be made. So, um, you know, you look at the the teams that have won the the Super Bowl, the most recent, um, you know, a lot of them involve a guy named Tom Brady, but. <laughs> You know, they point to a guy, you know, that that really can control things and and manage things and, and do things that need to be done. 
Yeah, what you almost always need to win a Super Bowl is a quarterback playing well. The 2015 Denver Broncos are a notable exception. Uh, Peyton Manning was really bad in what was his final NFL season and yet still ended up winning the Super Bowl. Ended up winning a Super Bowl in which Peyton and the Broncos defeated, right? The Ron Rivera head coach. Carolina Panthers. But whether you have an elite franchise quarterback who is playing at a high level, like a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, or you have a non-elite franchise quarterback who is playing at a high level, or even have a non-franchise quarterback who is playing at a high level, like a Nick Foles, uh, what you need more often than not is a quarterback playing at a high level. Now, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, episode 221, Ron Rivera, during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, said, quote, this offseason's going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. And so Ron on Wednesday was asked how difficult it is to take that big step forward if Washington doesn't get itself a franchise quarterback. Well, I, I think it all depends on your team. I mean, uh, you know, again, remember, though, there are some teams that have, have won Super Bowls with without having a franchise quarterback. Um, this team has won three Super Bowls with very good quarterbacks. You know what what Coach Gibbs did with that group, you know, and, and, and not really having a true, true franchise, you know, a guy that's come in and stays here for, for eight, nine, ten years as your starter. Um, you know, they were able to, to put guys in, into place and, you know, it spoke very well to the types of team that Coach Gibbs had in terms of, you know, physical up front, um, but playmakers, explosive guys that could make plays. And, and you bring a quarterback in that that fits the system um, and does the things that Coach needs you to do, that gives you a chance to win one. Yeah. Now, here's the problem with using the Joe Gibbs Super Bowl champion Redskins teams as a model. They played in a different NFL Washington's glory days with Joe Gibbs as head coach were 1982 through 1992. The NFL during that time was a much different NFL in terms of style of play because of the rules and offensive philosophies, to say nothing of there not being a salary cap. Today's NFL is so much more of a passing league, and that actually can work in several ways. Like, on the one hand, you can say that it has never been easier to play quarterback, and there is a lot of truth in that. Middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks today are putting up numbers that elite quarterbacks were putting up years ago. But on the other hand, you can say that quarterback has never mattered more. And if you don't have at least good quarterback play, you don't have much of a chance. As for Washington's current starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke, so he on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice Zoom press conference. Now, the Wednesday post-practice press conference has been a tradition for years for Washington starting quarterbacks. There is a prestige in doing the Wednesday post-practice press conference because that means that you are the guy. You are the starting quarterback. And of course, Taylor Heineke has been Washington's starting quarterback for most of this season, right? Since week two. Uh, Now, Taylor Heineke was not supposed to be Washington's starting quarterback this season, but he has been Washington's starting quarterback this season, thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick suffering the right hip subluxation in the 2016 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers at FedEx Field in week one. It's amazing, and I know that we all know the story by now, but Taylor Heineke went from being out of the NFL 
to being signed to Washington's practice squad in December 2020, to starting a playoff game in January 2021, to being Washington's starting quarterback for the bulk of the 2021 season. Taylor Heineke on Wednesday on what it has been like being the guy this season. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot. Um, again, it's the first time I've really been thrown into this situation. Um, I've been in the league. I've kind of been that third string or backup guy. So I've never really had the opportunity to know what it's really like to be a starter. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. It's 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 everything that you can imagine, but it's it's where you've always wanted to be. So um Again, I've learned a lot, and uh, for you. hopefully I get another chance at it. Yeah, so Taylor Heineke got interrupted toward the end there. Uh, I think that was someone playing something while Heineke was talking. Hey, you got to let the quarterback speak, okay? Let Taylor Heineke speak. Let Tay-Tay speak, all right? This was his last Wednesday post-practice press conference as Washington's starting quarterback, at least for now. Don't interrupt Tay-Tay, all right? Let Tay-Tay have his moment. Uh, But Taylor Heineke was referencing potentially getting another chance (laughs) as a starting quarterback. Will Taylor Heineke after this season get another chance to be Washington's starting quarterback? I know that so many of you right now are like, oh, no, please. Oh, God, no. Uh, Washington clearly needs to aim higher at the quarterback position. But that doesn't mean that Taylor Heineke won't be Washington's starting quarterback to, say, begin next season or that Taylor Heineke might not find himself as Washington's starting quarterback at some point next season due to someone else getting injured or not doing well. You never know. Again, Taylor Heineke went from being out of the NFL to being signed to Washington's practice squad to starting a playoff game to being Washington's starting quarterback for the bulk of this season. You can't predict this stuff. Uh, I thought that this was interesting from Heineke on Wednesday. So he got asked what he believes that he has proven as a player this season. Here was his response. Well, one one checkbox I've, I checked was the whole durability question. Um, you didn't, no one really thought that I could go 16, 17 games and here we are. So that's, that's a positive. Um, another thing too is again, you know, I've, I never started in this league and you just don't know if you could ever play in this league until you're in it for a while. Um, so I feel like I've there's there's some good things I put on tape, and obviously there's some bad things. And you know when you learn from those bad things, uh, you try and eliminate as many as you can, and um, and go from there. But um, there, there's a, there's a couple check check boxes that I, that I liked, and there's also some that are still kind of up in the air that you know I want to work on this offseason. Yeah, Taylor Heineke's totally right that he this season has proved people wrong with his durability. You know, Taylor Heineke had been injured a bunch in his NFL career. We had talked about that, but Taylor Heineke bulked up this past offseason, and I give the guy a lot of credit. He has stayed healthy this season. More from Heineke on Wednesday on his improved durability. Yeah, it's it's all the the hard work I put in this offseason. Again, uh, I went back down to Georgia with the, the goal in mind to be able to last through a whole season, and here we are. So, you know, big... Big kudos to Joel Seidman down there and Earl Williams for getting me right. Um, and I was eating healthy. So, again, putting on those 15 pounds of muscle uh, have really helped me out through through this year. Um, not to say I haven't been sore. I'm really sore right now. It definitely feels like week 18. But um, but this, the, to be here without any major injuries, uh, it's a big step for me. Yes, it is. I mean, look, Taylor Heineke has taken a beating this season. Now, some of that has been his fault. Uh, he has taken some sacks that he shouldn't have taken. 
But some of the hits have been due to the offensive line being wrecked by injury, and Heineke continually has gotten up and plowed forward. The problem for Heineke this season, as we have discussed, has been the high variance. His good has been great, but his bad has been awful. And even when you factor in all of the injuries that Washington's offense has had, you still, to me, have to say, hey, uh, Washington needs to do better at the quarterback position. Taylor Heineke through week 17 is 22nd at a 31 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR at 43.2. Now, he could be worse, okay? And there actually are some big names behind Taylor Heineke in the total QBR rankings. Uh, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence. But obviously, 22nd at a 31 isn't great. And you can't just assume that things would be better next season were Heineke to remain as Washington's starting quarterback. But like I said, just because Washington doesn't plan on Heineke being the starting quarterback moving forward, it doesn't mean that he won't wind up being the starting quarterback at some point in the future. If we have learned anything with Washington at the quarterback position over the last few years, it is to expect the unexpected. Up next, much more on the Washington football team. We'll get game-specific regarding this Sunday season finale at the Giants. Ron Rivera on Wednesday addressed the notion of Washington being better off losing this game than winning this game. Uh, Ron also responded to Giants head coach Joe Judge seemingly trashing the Washington football team. And Ron addressed the Washington football team's new name, which will be announced on February 2nd. We'll get to all of that and more after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The final game in the final season of the team currently known as the Washington football team being the Washington football team is this Sunday afternoon. Yes, it will be the end of an era. <laughs> the 6-10 and 10 Washington football team will conclude its 2021 season this Sunday afternoon with a game at the 4-12 and 12 New York Giants at 1. 6-10 and 10 Washington at the 4-12 and 12 Giants. This game is easily <laughs> the worst game on the Week 18 schedule in terms of the two teams' combined record. No other Week 18 game comes close to this game. Uh, this game is the kind of game that makes the NFL reevaluate having a 17-game regular season. No, not really. Uh, I love the NFL now having a 17-game regular season. I actually think that the NFL should move to an 18-game regular season. Uh, but I digress. Uh, in terms of your Wednesday injury report for Washington, four Washington players were listed as not practicing on Wednesday. Montez Sweat on Wednesday did not practice due to personal reasons off the shooting death of his brother, Anthony Sweat, on December 28th. Uh, Montez did not play in Washington's last game, the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field last Sunday afternoon. Curtis Samuel on Wednesday did not practice due to the hamstring injury that has had him inactive for each of Washington's last three games. Ricky Sills-Jones on Wednesday did not practice due to being in concussion protocol off the nasty spill that he took in the loss to the Eagles. Remember, Ricky in the second quarter was stretchered off the field of a Taylor Heineke shotgun incompletion on a broken play as Ricky Seals-Jones crashed into multiple people, including a cameraman uh, to the right of the end zone. And Sadiq Charles on Wednesday did not practice due to a knee issue that he dealt with in the loss to the Eagles. Uh, three Washington players were listed as having been limited in practice on Wednesday. Antonio Gibson on Wednesday was limited in practice due to a hip ailment uh, with which he dealt last week. The hip on Wednesday was reported as a new injury. Gibson was listed as having the hip last week. Washington on Wednesday morning activated Gibson off the reserve COVID-19 list. He had been on it since last Friday, December 31st. He did not play in the loss to the Eagles. Uh, Samuel Cosme on Wednesday was limited in practice due to a hip ailment. Uh, you may recall Cosme earlier this season missed three consecutive games due to a hip injury. And James Smith-Williams on Wednesday was limited in practice due to illness, which we believe is asthma. Uh, James Smith-Williams has been inactive for two of Washington's last three games due to illness. Uh, now to the issue of winning. Do you want Washington to win this Sunday's season finale at the Giants. Uh, I do not want Washington to win, even though I am a Washington fan and will always be a Washington fan, no matter who the owner is, no matter what the name is. Uh, maybe I'm a sucker, but that's me. I will never not be a fan of the team currently known, but not for much longer, as the Washington football team. But I want Washington to lose on Sunday. Now, I don't want Washington to get embarrassed. Uh, I definitely want Washington to play hard, but I want 
Washington to lose. Winning this game would do Washington no real good and would harm Washington's position in the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, Washington, as things stand going into Week 18, would have the number nine pick in the 2022 draft, especially when you are a franchise quarterback needy team, as Washington is, having a top 10 pick matters, matters a lot. And you can give me all of the tough guy talk that you want about winning always being better than losing and winning beats losing and you can't play or coach to lose. I'm not telling the players not to play to win. I'm not even necessarily telling the coaches not to coach to win. I'm just telling you what I want. As the great NFL analyst, the Spice Girls, said many years ago, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Well, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want a loss for Washington at the Giants this Sunday. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice Zoom press conference. This was Ron on Wednesday on weather because he also presides over Washington's football operations in addition to being the team's head coach. He is more accepting of the idea of losing a season finale like this game at the Giants in order to improve Washington's position in the draft. No, 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 no. Uh, to me, it's you play to win. That, that, that's that's why we're here. We're not here for any other reason. You know, um, I'm not worried about draft position. What I'm worried about is winning football games and trying to set tones and tempos as we go forward. But um, I, I get the whole thing about wanting a high draft pick. Uh, but, you know, the, you can't do that to the fans. You, you play to win. And, you know, now you, you may play other people. You know, they say, well, why aren't you playing that? Well, I want to see what that guy can do. But we're going to play to win with that guy. That's that's for darn sure. So when we put some young guys in this weekend, don't think we're not trying to win. We're, we're trying to see if we can win with these guys. All right. Very strong answer there from Ron Rivera. Not unlike what he said at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon regarding this issue of losing to improve draft position. Look, Ron has to say what we just heard him say. He can't, as the head coach of the team and as the leader of football operations, even mildly, publicly entertain the idea of Washington being better off losing this Sunday as opposed to winning this Sunday. But that doesn't mean that Washington isn't better off losing this Sunday as opposed to winning this Sunday, because Washington is better off losing this Sunday as opposed to winning this Sunday. What about the intensity for this Sunday's season finale at the Giants? Again, 6-10 and 10 Washington at the 4-12 and 12 Giants. Will there be, shall we say, a lack of intensity in this game? More from Ron on Wednesday. Um, there can be. I mean, but it's going to be about your approach. I mean, uh, you know, I talked to our guys today about it. Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're playing to win. We're going to practice to win. We're going to prepare to win. We're going to go out and do everything we can when we play. So um, I, I think really it's about how you approach it and, and how you approach it with your players. And I think your players have got to feel that, that you want to win. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure our guys understand. I want to win this football game. I, I want to come out and do the best we can uh, and play to win this game. All right. Well, while we're talking Washington versus the Giants and winning versus losing. So we have the Joe Judge stuff. Uh, we on Wednesday morning learned that Giants head coach Joe Judge had declined to do a conference call with reporters who cover Washington. 
Uh, as you may know, it has been customary, though not required, for NFL head coaches to do conference calls with media members covering the opposing teams for those head coaches. Uh, Judge declining to do this conference call came off him having taken an apparent shot at Washington. Uh, Joe Judge, during his postgame press conference that followed the Giants' 29-3 loss at the Chicago Bears this past Sunday afternoon, went on a lengthy rant about the state of the Giants with him as head coach. He, during that rant, said the following. This ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else, okay? You talk about the foundation built. You talk about the things that the, the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. You understand that? That's the toughest thing. You can get new players. You can have your damn locker room all you want. You got to change how people think. All right. So that cut began with, quote, this ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else, okay? End quote. The fistfights comment certainly seemed to be a reference to the Jonathan Allen Duran Payne sideline incident during Washington's 56 14 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in Week 16. To say nothing of the phrase clown show organization, which, apropos as it may be, certainly seemed to be a shot at the team we currently refer to as the Washington football team. Well, Joe Judge in a press conference on Wednesday morning said that the fistfights comment was not a shot at Washington. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon when asked to give a response to Joe Judge. Well, it's interesting. It is, you know, and and again, I'm not going to respond to something, you know, that's interesting. But what's important is we play on Sunday. You know, I got a tremendous amount of respect for the uh, for the Giants organization. Uh, you know, the, the Maras and the Tishes are, you know, I think uh, quality people and, and do a great job with their organization. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we, we play on Sunday. Yes, you do. But how about that? Ron Rivera showing respect to John Mara, a notorious enemy of Washington. Uh, John Mara is responsible for the salary cap penalty that Washington got hit with in the 2012 offseason. John Mara might be the single most despised NFL owner for Washington fans. Well, after Dan Snyder. But somebody needs to smarten up Ron Rivera when it comes to John Mara. Hey, that rhymes. Maybe that should be a rhyming key for Friday's show. Uh, Also from Don Ron on Wednesday, the name. So Ron Rivera on Wednesday was wearing a hoodie sweatshirt with the 2.2.22 Uh, which is for the Washington football team on February 2nd, announcing its new name, right? February 2nd, 2022-2222. This was the first time that Ron had spoken publicly since the team on Tuesday morning announced that the new name will be announced on February 2nd. Here's what Ron had to say about that. Yeah, they got it whittled down to to what the finalists are. And then I I know, um, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Snyder working with Jason and, and Jason's team of people trying to make sure we, uh, we, we chose what was uh, going to be an appropriate name. So I look forward to finding all that stuff out when it's, uh, when it's time. Yes, when it's time. And yes, Mr. and Mrs. Snyder. Uh, actually, I'm not one of these people who is bothered by Ron Rivera calling Dan Mr. Snyder. I know that some people can't stand that. I don't really care about that. Uh, it is in Ron Rivera's best interest to keep Dan Snyder feeling like he is involved without really being involved. And I think that there's a strategy behind Ron calling Dan Mr. Snyder. 
And that is this, okay? So Ron calling Dan Mr. Snyder obviously is Ron calling Dan by Dan's preferred moniker. We all know that Dan loves to be called Mr. Snyder. And I think calling Dan Mr. Snyder works in this regard of keeping Dan close to you, you know, making Dan feel like he's involved without really being involved. You know, calling Dan Snyder Mr. Snyder is showing respect and deference and disappeasing without actually conceding anything because all you're doing is just calling him in a certain way. And then there was this, uh, Ron Rivera on Wednesday on how he'll remember coaching Washington for two seasons with it being called the Washington football team. Um, that, that's kind of a unique situation. You know, um, it, 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 it'll make for some interesting trivia someday. Um, you know, it, 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 it's kind of a cool thing uh, to a degree. Um, you know, it, it, the name change all came about during a, a, a fragile time in our, in our society more so than anything else. And, and I think it was an appropriate um, decision to change the name. I, I, I kind of uh, grew fond of uh, being known as the Washington football team or the team. That was kind of cool. Um, so I'll remember it fondly. Um, I also remember it as it was a very tumultuous time in terms of you know dealing with the pandemic as well. Yeah, you could write a book about these last two years for the Washington football team. And only like a third of the book would have to do with actual football. Well, in sports, there are bad losses, and then there are horrible losses. The Wizards on Wednesday night had a horrible loss. The Wizards fell to 19-19 and with a 114-111 loss to the lowly Houston Rockets at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. The Rockets have the worst record in the Western Conference this season, at now 11 and 28. Yes, even with this win, the Rockets still have the worst record in the Western Conference. Now, yes, the Wizards do continue to be without key players. That is true. Uh, the Wizards for this game had seven players either in the NBA's health and safety protocols or out due to having been in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Spencer Dinwiddie for a fourth consecutive game of him having been in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Montrez Harrell for a fifth consecutive game due to him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Aaron Holiday for a fifth consecutive game off him having been in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Brad Wanamaker for a third consecutive game due to him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Anthony Gill for a second consecutive game due to him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards were without Tremont Waters for a second consecutive game due to him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Wizards had just signed him on January 1st, and he's been in the NBA's health and safety protocols now for the last two games. Uh, the Wizards also remained without Rui Hachimura. He has yet to play this season due to personal reasons. Rui for this game technically was coming out of the NBA's health and safety protocols. And the Wizards were without Thomas Bryant, who has yet to play this season. He is out of the NBA's health and safety protocols, but continues to recover from a partially torn left ACL that he suffered on January 9th of last year. Now, both Hachimura and Bryant are expected back soon, but they're not back yet. The Wizards, by the way, reportedly are signing Georgetown product Greg Monroe to a 10-day contract on Thursday. 
Uh, also, Davis Bertans got injured on Wednesday night. Uh, he suffered a left foot sprain, played for exactly nine minutes off the bench. Bertans, you may recall, earlier this season missed 10 games due to a sprained left ankle. So yeah, uh, the Wizards are at far less than 100% right now, but that doesn't excuse this loss. Again, the Rockets have the worst record in the Western Conference, and this loss ended up being some loss. Uh, the Wizards were like no-shows to this game. The Wizards allowed the Rockets to begin the game on a 22-10 run. Okay, the Wizards are down by 12 points in the first quarter to the Rockets in a game at Capital One Arena. Now, the Wizards did overcome an 11-point fourth-quarter deficit, but the Wizards then lost on essentially a buzzer beater. The Wizards lost on a Kevin Porter Jr. 25-foot left-wing contested three for a 114-111 Rockets lead with four-tenths of a second left in the fourth quarter. Second time in three games that the Wizards lost on a last-second three. The 120-119 loss to the Chicago Bulls at Capital One Arena on Saturday night. The Wizards in that game blew a 10-point fourth-quarter lead, allowed DeMar DeRozan to connect on a game-winning contested left-corner 24-foot three with two defenders on him as time expired in the fourth quarter. But the Bulls are really good this season. The Rockets are not. Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night on this loss to the Rockets. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, it was more than us. You know, I didn't like the way we approached the, the start of the game. Um, we kind of thought we could ease into it. and They jumped on us early. Thankfully, we were able to climb back and, uh, you know, try to score at the end of the quarter. But, uh, you know, then we start the third the same way. So just our overall approach was, I thought, a little lackadaisical. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, you know, you're fighting human nature. I don't know, but you know, we cannot uh, look at anyone's record or, you know, how many games they've lost in a row, whatever that may be. We're in no position to do that. Um, so I think just our overall approach to start was not where it should have been. No, it was not. The Wizards now are just 9-16 and 16 since their 10-3 and 3 start to the season. The Wizards on Wednesday night did get back Haul Neto. Uh, he returned from a five-game absence caused by him being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. And Neto played well. Uh, he played for 31-51 off the bench, went 6-7 from the field. All twos had 14 points and four assists versus one turnover. But the Wizards on Wednesday night were really bad on threes. The Wizards went just 10 of 39 on threes. Kyle Kuzma, clutch Kuz, uh, was not so clutch on Wednesday night. 43 minutes, 48 seconds as a starter. He went 0 of 8 on threes. Now, he did go 9 of 12 on twos, did finish with 24 points and 9 rebounds. So, you know, I don't want to just dismiss those things. But he also had two assists versus four turnovers. But Kuzma, 0 of 8 on threes on Wednesday night. Denny Avdia in 33-12 as a starter, 1 of 7 on threes, and 1 of 5 on twos. He scored just eight points, did have eight rebounds. But, and I've talked about this, Denny, the starter, is much different than Denny, the reserve player. Denny seems to do a lot better off the bench than he does as a starter. And Corey Kispert, who's supposed to be a three-point specialist, he on Wednesday night, 1 of 5 on threes in 31-33 off the bench. Also, the Wizards had some defensive problems, too. Now, the Wizards did defend the three just fine. Uh, the Wiz held the Rockets to 9 of 26 on threes, but the Wiz allowed the Rockets to go 31 of 55 in the paint, got outscored in the paint, 62-52. Paint defense has been a problem for the Wizards this season. West Jr. has talked about that. Uh, Bradley Beal on Wednesday night, 3 of 8 on threes, but just 6 of 17 on twos. He finished with 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists 
versus three turnovers before fouling out. Bradley Beal, as a starter on Wednesday night, played for just 29 minutes, 30 seconds. He dealt with foul trouble in the game. Was able to get to 27 points, which is good, but like I said, he struggled on his twos, just six to 17. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was the Wizards' best player. Uh, Now, he had struggled in the Wizards' last game, the 124-121 win over the Charlotte Hornets at Capital One Arena on Monday night, but KCP on Wednesday night, five of nine on threes, five of seven on twos. He finished with 26 points, six rebounds, three steals, two blocks, and two assists versus one turnover in 39-55 as a starter. But the Wizards ended up suffering a horrible loss. Uh, Next up for the Wiz, they will play at the Chicago Bulls Friday night at eight. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 224, will be the final Washington football team pregame show installment of the pod for the season. I will give you, shall we say, proper preview of the Tank Bowl, the 6-10 Washington football team at the 4-12 New York Giants this Sunday afternoon at 1. What do I mean by proper preview? Well, because this game means nothing, I'll be talking about the game, not so much from a matchup standpoint or a who's available versus who isn't standpoint, but, you know, more so from a looking at the bigger picture standpoint. Uh, We expect to hear from Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio on Thursday via post-practice Zoom press conferences, so we'll hopefully have some good stuff from those guys. Uh, Jack may be in rare form, given how much he loves doing these pressers. Uh, Also, I will do for you a very special installment of Rhyming Keys. Uh, My Rhyming Keys will not be for a Washington win, but for a Washington loss, given that Washington losing is what is in the best long-term interest of the team. So rhyming keys for a Washington loss. First time ever. Uh, Also on Friday's show, a post-game Maryland basketball's game on Thursday night. The Terrapins will play at Illinois Thursday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. This ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.